You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church Podcast. With us today, Pastor Darren Enns. How are you doing today, sir? Howdy, howdy. Doing good. Pastor Drew Tarwater, welcome back from your world travels. How are you doing, sir? Good to be back in the States, fellas. And I'm Rob Blasey, and we have a story today. Uh, We're back. We're still in the parables. Drew, can you recap us on the Good Samaritan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Good Samaritan this weekend. And it's one of the most famous of all of Jesus' parables and one that we all know, most of us, if you've grown up in church or with a church camp or VBS as a kid, there's a chance that you heard the Samaritan or the Good Samaritan parable. Um, and so this time I wanted to take it a little di- little bit deeper. Um, I think when you read the Good Samaritan parable, it you know, there's this conversation with Jesus and this lawyer and the lawyer says, you know, what must we do to inherit eternal life? And he's trying to trap Jesus into saying something like, well, follow me so they can hit him over the head with the law. And Jesus then, you know, asks him what the most important commandments are. And he responds with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right. Go do it. Go and do that. And the guy says, well, who's my neighbor? And so then Jesus responds with this awesome parable um, that many of us know when we when we read it, we, we walk away thinking, wow, everybody's my neighbor. You know, a Samaritan rescues this this Jewish man who had been beaten and left for dead. And that was unheard of because Samaritans and Jews hated each other. And so, you know, really Jesus is saying, um, it, it, you know, everybody's your neighbor. Love on and care for everybody. Um, but then I, I took it a step deeper and I said, you know, when you look at this parable and you begin to unpack it, I think there's a, another layer going on here too. Uh, is that true that Jesus is saying everybody's your neighbor? For sure. Um, but uh, I think what Jesus is also saying deeper here is he's giving us this picture and kind of showing us a mirror of, although we want to, we, we realize God calls us to love our neighbors and to love, um, you know, God with all that we have, it's impossible to do perfectly. And in this story of the good Samaritan, it's almost begs the question like, well, how, how can we live like this because it's almost impossible. And I think the deeper layer is Jesus is saying that he is the good Samaritan. He is the one that steps off the off the donkey or the horse. He is the one that picks us up and puts oil and wine on our wounds. And he is the one that takes us to the innkeeper and pays for us to be healed and to be cared for. It's like, you know, Jesus is the good Samaritan. And then we ask the question, well, who are we then in the story, right? Like if Jesus is trying to teach us something about the story, he's the good Samaritan, then, well, then what is he calling us to do? And I think the reality is when we don't know Jesus, we are the dead guy, the, the guy that's half dead because of sin and brokenness. But once we're redeemed by Jesus, I think we become the innkeeper. We become the people that Jesus, as he scoops up half dead people and brings them back to health, we become the people that care for them until Jesus comes back. And 
when I was studying this week and I began to see this kind of come to life, it really was, was kind of eye-opening for me. Uh, because so often I, I look at this Good Samaritan parable and I say, wow, it's, it's a call for ever to be my neighbor, which is, which is powerful. Um, but man, it's so hard to do. And yet there's this beautiful undercurrent that Jesus is the Good Samaritan. And what he's calling us to do is to be the innkeepers that care for those that he has brought to us, that those who are around us, who are our neighbors. So both are true. We are to be good neighbors. Um, but Jesus is the one that rescues and saves. Well, I was hoping to dodge that good neighbor part. So. <laughs> but Darren, you, you typically have a different way of looking at these stories. You, you see them from a different lens with what you're studying and seeing. What do you see in the story of the Good Samaritan? Yeah. Uh, so I, I had a lot of questions for Drew as we kind of, you know, figured out what we were going to talk about today. And um, the and it, it was so interesting because so many people yesterday even came up and talked to me. Like I had one lady say, man, my, my mind was blown last week and my mind was blown this week. Like you guys are doing a great job of, of exposing God's word for us. And um, how great of a week, compliment is that, by the way? Like right. that's a, it's a like great compliment. The, I mean, you guys work. I mean, I don't know if they realize the years of study you guys have between the two of you. And then when even when you have a few weeks of people coming up to you guys like, hey, you're really, you know, showing us, you know, God through the scriptures. Like, I mean, that's probably the utmost compliment you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, glory to God for sure. Mm, amen. That he, that he's he's letting us do that for him with, with him. But uh, so yeah, so th- there's there's a history of interpretation here that that my mind went to because what Drew's doing is unique, I think, especially in the evangelical world, um, in that he was he he leaned a little bit towards uh, an allegory with this. So an allegory is like where you you tell a story, but each story or each noun or verb represents something else. Uh, and so in, in this, in this parable, then, um, the, you know, as Drew said, we are, or an, an unsaved person is the half dead guy in, in the, the ditch. Uh, Jesus is the good Samaritan. We are, are the, the innkeepers and like, you know, the church is the inn and that kind of thing. Um, and, and it's really interesting and, and it works, right? When you think about it that way, like, is Jesus a good Samaritan? Does he come along and save people? Of course he does. Are we supposed to care for people who have been saved by Jesus? Of course we are. Uh, and Drew mentioned it, um, the, the most basic reading is, uh, who is my neighbor? Well, it's everybody, and especially those that you hate because of relationship between Jews and Samaritans. So we, we kind of dove into a deeper level, and that, it, that has a precedent in the past. It's not something that nobody has ever done before, going to an allegory. Um, what, what I, and, and it's tough, though, because you can go so far in an allegory that your head starts spinning and it's like, that's, that can't be what Jesus meant when he told this story. Oh yeah. And for so, sure. yeah. So I wanted to bring this one up for, for our discussion. So Augustine, one of the most impactful scholars, bishops of the church back in the fourth and fifth century when he lived, he allegorized <clears throat> um, the Good Samaritan story. And, and this, this kind of allegorization happened all throughout church history up until uh, the Reformation, when Protestants kind of split away from that a little bit, they went back to a historical grammatical approach, which is just like the simple surface level meaning, like this is surely what it meant. And, and we have to be careful straying from that. So here's, here's what Augustine said. So Adam himself is the man who went from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem is basically heaven, and Jericho uh, means the moon, which signifies our, our mortality because it's 
it was uh, it is born, it waxes, and it wanes, and it dies. And I think Jericho was like a a, a city of moon worship, and so there's I, I think that's where he gets that from. The thieves who beat the man are the devil and his angels. Um, the stripping of the man was taking the immortality from Adam. Uh, beating him was persuading him to sin, and leaving him half dead uh, means that like his relationship with God is broken, right? Uh, there's a priest and a Levite. Those signify the priesthood and the ministry of the Old Testament, which can't do anything for salvation, according to Augustine. The Samaritan uh, is the Lord himself, uh, which relates to how, how Drew did it. The binding of the wounds is the restraint of sin. Oil is comfort of good hope. Wine is exhortation to work with fervent spirit. Uh, the donkey is the flesh in which the Lord uh, came down to us. Uh, the inn is the church. Um, the innkeeper, uh, Augustine says, is the Apostle Paul, uh, the person who you know does the administration of, of things. So that's that's like assigning every single action <laughs> and every single thing in the parable to something. And like, does that work once you put it all together? Yeah, but at the same time, like that's to us, I think that feels a big stretch. Right? Is so, that what Jesus really meant yeah. with the story? Is to take it to that far? Yeah. So Drew, what what's like as you were preparing this, you've talked about uh being careful of allegorization in the past. What like was there any fight in your mind to going this direction? Oh yeah. Yeah, there definitely was. You know, I I typically take the, you know, historical grammatical approach to interpreting what what God's word says and the parables are interesting because, you know, Jesus is giving us this little short story and these comparisons, and he's teaching us something about the kingdom of God. And he's teaching us something about ourselves. And, um, you know, often there, there's some parables that are really straightforward, right? You know, you look at the the parable of, you know, we're going to do here in a couple of weeks um, uh, of the, you know, un, unmerciful or unforgiving servant. Like you can tell, like he's talking about forgiveness, you know, and, um, but there is a picture that when Jesus in these in these parables, he also, you know, you look at the parables of the vineyard or parables of the tenants, he talks about, you know, he, he's painting a picture of what's going on in Israel. And so Jesus is tells a story about a master who sends, who builds a vineyard and then leases it to somebody else, and then he sends people to go check in on the vineyard and then they kill those people. And then he sends his son to go check in on the vineyard and they kill his son. And so then Jesus wipes him out. So in that story, I think Jesus is communicating not just some, some, some basic truth. I think Jesus is saying, well, God is the master and Jesus is the son who's going to be killed by the, the bad guys, which in this case were the Jews. So I, I do think there is a level of storytelling that Jesus does in these parables where we're not maybe allegorizing everything, but Jesus has a character in mind when he's communicating it, right? So the landowner is God. Um, and so I think when you look at some of these other ones, or you look at the Good Samaritan, you know, as, as we talk about it, there is that traditional reading that I think is true. I think it's absolutely right. We are, Jesus is calling us all to be good neighbors. And he's asked, he's answering the lawyer's question. Well, who is my neighbor? Everybody, even your enemy. That is a hundred percent true. But I think also in the story, when Jesus talks about this Good Samaritan, who's doing this act that is just unthinkable. It's also a picture of what Jesus does for us, right? He does the unthinkable. He steps, steps out of heaven and heals our wounds. And, and then, wow, he builds a church for um, the, you know, the building up of, of believers. 
Uh, well, that man, that seems to be a beautiful picture of, of Christians as innkeepers who are caring for those that Jesus has saved. So I, I think for my part is, you know, Darren, thinking about allegorization. I don't want to allegorize everything, but I think when, as we look at these stories and we say, well, is there any clear pictures of what Jesus is trying to communicate? I think there, you know, there's often multiple truths here. And when you see something like, wow, the good Samaritan has done this unthinkable thing. Well, that's what Jesus has done for us. It paints a clear picture. So I absolutely do want to be careful with allegorizing, especially like Augustine. He allegorizes every little aspect to it. But I think in the parables, they're not all allegories, but I think there are some key, some key pictures in there that I don't want us to miss. Mm-hmm. And, and this idea of, ter- of interpretation is also something that Jews did. Um, there, there's something that, that is called the 70 faces of Torah, Shavim Panim La Torah. Um, and it's, it's this idea that there are several levels to interpretation. Uh, and I wanted to bring this up because it's, it's something that, you know, exactly what we're talking about. Um, so there's generally accepted at least four, um, levels. And the first one is the Peshat, which is the plain or the historical grammatical meaning, which is what we've talked about. And, and these articles that I've read and studied, they, they talk about you can't go deeper until you get this one. It's really important that, that you get it. And so this is what uh, like the Torah says on the surface. And then your Jewish rabbis will come in and they will start to, to go a bit deeper. And that's where we get things like Mishnah and, and the Talmud, where it's rabbinical commentaries on, on the Torah. Um, the second meaning, then the next one, is called the remez, which is the allegorical meaning of the text. And so that's kind of where we're sitting. We're sitting one level deeper as we think about this. Um, the, the third level is the darash, which is the moral or imperative sense of the text. Like, what does this mean for my action or my moral? But again, it has to be connected to the, the peshat, the, the plain meaning. And then the fourth one is kind of the deepest and, and the most... Uh, like esoteric, like mo- most difficult to understand, and it's just called sod or, or sod, uh, the mystical meaning of the text, which I'm sure there's a lot of debate about that. Um, and so this, the, again, this idea has historical precedent that, that we, we go to an allegory. So I, I just thought that was interesting because I'm, like, I'm, I'm kind of reading, researching that same thing. I would love someday, maybe if Drew will let me, to do like like a four- or however many sermon series just on David and Bathsheba and like have four sermons on and, and, and like, okay, first one is the surface level meaning like, okay, David sinned, he's an adulterer and that kind of stuff. And then, well, what's the next one? Well, Hey, let's talk about Bathsheba. Cause like the text does not necessarily give a lot of weight to Bathsheba's experience. And yet within that story, there's a lot of experiences that we can talk about. Like what, what, what a Bathsheba feel that kind of thing. And, and just kind of mine it deeper and deeper and deeper for, for all kinds of different meanings. Oh, that actually that would be quite interesting to hear. So, Drew, let's we're, let's start pulling out the sermon planning calendar. And I think, <laughs> I, I, right. think can, I think you can at least give give it to him in three. Like, yeah, we can at least do we can at least do three. That, I don't He's know. Like, you got to so, finish the greater story first. He, yeah, it's like a good sales approach. Ask for four or five, but I really only need three. <laughs> I just need three. Yeah. So, can I, so question I had was you guys are talking about this is like the Bible novice of the group is Luke the only author that writes about the good Samaritan or is it in other parts? Is it in other gospels as well? It's just Luke. Yeah. There, there is this exchange that Jesus has with the lawyer. Um, and you know, it could be, I mean, Matthew gives us a, uh, an example of it and so does, uh, Mark and it could be two different exchanges, right? Where there's a lawyer who asked Jesus, Hey, what are the greatest commandments? 
And then Luke, the guy says, well, what do I need to do in an internal life? Jesus answers the question in Mark and Matthew. The lawyer answers the question in Luke. So it's probably two different circumstances, two different occasions. Uh, but this is the only one where Jesus actually gives us the parable of okay. the Good Samaritan. I think he's kind of like, okay, here, guys, let me try again. Right. Because <laughs> it's in response to the guy's question, well, who is my neighbor? You know, and Jesus is going to show you, you know, like, again, that everybody's your neighbor. But this is what I think is so powerful about God's word. And this is why I think as believers, you can read God's word for your entire life. And, and as you read it, as the years, months, years, decades go by, you begin to see more beauty and depth. You know, it's that you can read a story like the Good Samaritan your whole life and you can take away, you know, that, that historical, you know, that, that kind of surface level reading and go, yeah, that's great. But I think as you can dwell on, ruminate on these things, as, as you know, Psalm 1 says, we need to meditate on the word of God. God begins to reveal, like, there's also some deeper layers. Now, Darren, as you mentioned, you know, some of the Jewish rab- rabbinic writings, um, did I say that right? Rabbinic? Rabbinic. Rabbinic. Some of the Jewish rabbinic writings, they, they can take it really deep and maybe even too far, <laughs> you know. But I think for us, you know, the beauty is that you can read God's word and God's going to continue to, uh, you're going to be continue to pull at little threads of, of beauty and deepness that um, God reveals more and more who he is to you. And I think that's the idea. Like part of our journey as Christians is usually when we're pretty young in our faith, it's all about what do I need to do to make God happy with me? And as we grow in our faith, we begin to see that it's actually what God has done for us. And it's just us living out in obedience. And, and in this case, being the innkeeper to be good neighbors, to take care of those that Jesus has around us. And so um, we do need to be careful not to read our own interpretations into it, for sure. But I think there is some beautiful depth to God's word that we can see as we, as we meditate upon it. No, it's, all, it's interesting to think about it. Like you said, as you get, you sort of see the story in a different light over the years and I, I'm thankful for you guys where we get to see it in a different way. Like I love Darren's approach. Drew, I love your approach where you see it from instead of the flannel board, which we still haven't shown Darren a flannel board yet. <laughs> we still need but, to buy one. But like the flannel board approach, know? like, and <laughs> they're only like $350. I, <laughs> I, I'm imagine is it just the literally flannel on a board? Like I don't, I have no concept of what this it's is. It's like black well, felt. It's okay. basically what it is, like a black I, I can board. I can only imagine if we got this, you're gonna see it up there on Sunday morning and Drew's gonna get all oh, giddy yeah. going like, Oh, it's so, oh, you know, nineteen ninety three Sunday school, here we go. Well, and, and I'm just gonna smack my forehead. And, face and Darren, palm. you would be greatly disappointed at how uncool this thing is. <laughs> I know you guys have talked it up so much. But uh it's just like the what I appreciate about you guys in this is like it's a different approach. It's a different and it doesn't disqualify the other approach you know, the Sunday school version. Cause like you said, you have to learn the first level first. So mm-hmm. right. I, I appreciate that how you guys bring that up and you don't also then as learning something new, you're not going like, Oh, how come I didn't know that? Cause sometimes you, you get taught things. You're like, no, you're wrong. Especially online. <laughs> well, you go, if, if you come to my Bible study, there are wrong things that you have <laughs> learned. <laughs> well, there's, I, there's, I've heard people say multiple times, like, why didn't like, I just grew up in a completely different way. Why didn't I know this? And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just a different era. Like, yeah. And I do think that's wrong. I'm sorry for your life. But at the same time, it's okay. <laughs> well, then there's a way to do it lovingly too. And so. Yeah. So no, but I think too, you know, some of it is what are the 
results to the way you live, right? So Jesus is trying to help us learn to live like we were created to live and learn to live in the kingdom. And so if we have an interpretation, um, you know, that like, like for instance, you know, uh, here's one that, you know, I think we would say we're wrong. You know, God helps those who help themselves. Well, is there a level of, of requirement to be obedient to what God says we should do for sure? But, you know, we couldn't do anything for our salvation. God came and did it all for us, right? We didn't earn it in any way. We didn't work for it in any way. So that is wrong. Um, so if if my r- result from that is that I feel like I need to work for my salvation, well, then then that's big time error. So there's a truth here that, you know, we're saved by grace through faith and not works. But when you look at other stories and you say, okay, well, I think there's something for me to take away that I need to be, in this case, a good neighbor and a good innkeeper, then the result is, I think, in line with what God is trying to teach us. No, absolutely. As we wrap this up, is there any, uh, what are we looking at next week? What's on the Yeah, so next week, yeah, I kind of gave it away earlier, but we're going to talk about the unforgiving servant. Um, and then we've got um, a, a week off, and then we're going to finish with um, Luke 15, a, a couple uh, parables about the lost uh, sheep and the lost coin. And then we're going to wrap the whole thing up with the, the parable of the rich fool. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, yeah. So, And as we wrap this up today here, uh, Darren, any parting thoughts? Nah. Nah. Read your Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Drew Tarwater, any parting thoughts? Yeah, just keep reading your Bibles and just keep meditating on God's word because he's got so much beauty to reveal to us. And we are looking forward to your trip on Israel recap coming up oh, yeah. soon. I don't Whether we do it here or at like a live event at the church, uh, give us some amazing. notice so we can make sure we get on the calendar. Yeah, and my, we my dumb luck is you're going to do it the one week I'm out of town. That's just usually how things work. <laughs> it's usually how it works. So, <laughs> I won't even tell you what week it is. You'll figure it out. it's because you'll schedule it then oh yeah so well guys thank you so much if you're listening you have thoughts questions concerns life at forefrontchurch.tv email us let us know your thoughts your questions and uh, or just go to darren's bible study and ask him there i think it's thursday nights (laughs) that's right (laughs) yep be there so uh we appreciate you guys listening thank you so much pastor darren ends thank you so much you betcha pastor drew tarwater thank you so much Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Darren. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'm Rob Blasi. You have been listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of More to the Story.